light and a presence in the community. Regarding today's sermon, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today's sermon will be about, as it often is, about waiting. We've talked about this before, waiting. Waiting, I spoke about this last year, um, and it's, I believe there's, the sermon was online. Uh, waiting for the Lord. But I was taught um, in my studies during seminary and also uh, in my PhD studies, I was taught not to give a particular type of homily. I was taught not to give a try harder homily. Don't tell people that they are you know, failing or always putting them down. And I've heard myself these try harder sermons and homilies uh, and I'm sure you have too, and I may have even forgotten these wise words and um, given these uh, types of homilies to you, but, uh, and we know what they sound like, pray harder, come to church earlier, sin less, confess more, uh, whatever you're doing, you can always do it better, so keep going and improve yourself. But... And, and, and that is all true, that, that you know, we do need to pray harder and come to church, but there's a way that we're supposed to receive these words, and there's a way that we're supposed to kind of um, pursue the spiritual life. And in this, we need to have a positive approach and not a negative one. And today's gospel shines a light on how we can do this, um, how we can either have a positive approach or we could have a negative approach. When Christ rose from the dead, remember this is the resurrection, and right after the resurrection in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, uh, 21, the disciples, after the resurrection, immediately afterwards, you have them kind of not really knowing what to do, even though Christ appears to them on the day, that Sunday, and uh, says to them, peace be with you. And then he appears to them the following week for, with Thomas. He also, uh, they decide after this, after the, the 40 days has begun, after Christ has kind of sat with them, they said, you know, um, let's go fishing. Simon Peter, this is in chapter 21, verse 2. Simon Peter, who was a fisherman before. Thomas called the twin. Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee. Uh, which are uh, John and Andrew, uh, John and James, sorry, and two other of his disciples were together, and Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So what is this idea of them going fishing? What happened was that even though they saw the risen Lord, and this is very important, their lives seem to be unaffected by the risen Lord. Unaffected. And they went back to what they used to do before Christ called them. They went back to that life of fishing. And, and I'm sure they thought to themselves, I've got bills to pay and everyone was supporting Christ at that time, but nobody's going to care about us at this time. And every disciple probably had different ideas about what to do, you know, we should do this, we, no, 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 we should do that, no, we should go here, no, we should go there. So Peter comes and he says, you know what, I'm going to stick with what I know, I know fishing, and so their lives were unaffected at that moment. But after, uh, 
Christ was with them for 40 days, after he was preaching with them and, in their, and, and with them over and over and over, and then he ascended. And that's what we celebrated last week. We celebrated on Thursday the ascension of our Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. And what did he say to them when he ascended? He said to them, wait in, in Jerusalem. Stay here. Wait for me. He sends and he says, uh, you know, he says, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. You know, truly John baptized with water and spirit, or sorry, with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so they waited. They went to Jerusalem. They stayed put. They stayed, you know, stayed there for 10 days. 10 days is a very long time, especially when you're waiting for something and you don't know when it's coming or if it's going to even happen. Now they knew that everything was changed. And now they knew that they had a greater calling. They waited, but with a bit of uncertainty. They waited, and probably they, had, they were uneasy about it. They sat, they prayed, they worshipped, they praised, and they continued to wait. Those 10 days were very important. I started by saying there's a positive and there's a negative way that we can kind of approach things, approach the Word of God, approach what we hear, approach our life and our situation. And when we are unaffected by the Gospel, when we are unaffected by the resurrection, when we are unaffected by these holy days, we occupy ourselves with everything that is of this earth. You know, the things that might bring us pleasure in a way that helps us really to pass the time. Right? So it's as if we are just waiting to die. Just, we're just gonna, I'm going to go to work because i got nothing else to do. I'm going to read. I'm going to watch TV. How many hours do we kill looking at our, our, our iPhones? Because we are unaffected by what we've been given. And we are unable to wait or even to imagine that God has something that is greater than what we have planned for us. In today's Gospel, and indeed in this whole chapter, because... Yesterday we read from chapter, if, if we attended a liturgy, we would have read from chapter 16 as well. And in, the, in chapter 16 and, and before this in chapter 15 and 14, Christ speaks about how he <coughs> gives to us peace and joy in a way that, that this world cannot take it away from us. The world cannot take it away from us. Imagine that. A peace that resides in our heart to which we are unaffected by what happens around us. Because we have been affected by the gospel of God. We are unaffected by all the, the problems that might come our way. Because the one true thing that matters is our life with Christ. And because we are unaffected by what is going on in the world, we are able to wait for what is coming from Christ. This 10 days. 10 days are important, by the way. If you have a, if you have a problem, you should, you should wait 10 days on it. This is, this is also in the Old Testament and in, in a couple of other places. 10 days is a, is a complete period. Um, and, and yes, they were affected during the 40 days, but they still, this, this 10 is a complete period and it, and it can be literal and it can be figurative. It can be literal 10 days, which it was for them, 
and any major issue you have in your life, you fast and you pray and you wait for 10 days. This is just practical advice for us. When we talk about fast, we mean fast, not just changing our diet, but there's a period of time in our life where we do it without food, we pray, not just our own personal prayer, but we pray the Psalms, we read the scripture, we go to church, we're trying to discern what is the will of the Lord, and we're waiting. And you do this with, your, with your, the guidance of your spiritual father. And if the problem is, is not solved, or I should say differently, if you don't see the solution after this 10 days, then those 10 days might signify the figurative period. And the figurative period is what, when we understand what are those 10 days mean figuratively, it, it means our whole life. Because we are existing between the ascension of our Lord and His second coming. When the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples and the apostles and the 120 men and women in the upper room, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, this was a, a, a second coming of Christ for them, through the Holy Spirit. And I'm, I'm kind of being uh, metaphorical when I'm saying about this. They waited and they received that gift from God. But our entire life, even what we celebrate here in the liturgy, is this figurative 10 days where we are in this world. We are, maybe there's a difficult situation that we're dealing with that we have fasted, we have prayed, we have you know, meditated on, we have asked God to help, and it still is there. And we know that all that we ask of God is given to us. We might not like the way that it's given to us, but He answers all that of our prayers. And so we are told in a way that we have to sit, we have to wait, we have to allow for this period to reach its completion. During this period of 10 days, whether we're waiting for Christ to, or we're waiting for something from God, whether it comes or whether it does not come, as difficult as that period might be, we have promises that come from, from Christ which completely take away from us the anxiety that we are faced with with, that, with those 10 days. So for example, Christ promised us a peace that nothing in this world can take away. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you? If I, for example, have $100 in my wallet, I have peace that I will be able to eat today. I'll be able to have something to drink because I have the peace of that $100. But once that, those $100 disappear, then I, have to, I, I no longer have that peace. This is the kind of peace that we receive in the world. That type of peace that the world gives Christ gives us a different type of peace. And, and it's funny because when I typed those words on my sermon, Christ promised us a peace that nothing in this world can take away. My word processor put a dotted line under the word peace. It thinks that I spelled that word wrong. Does not understand that I'm talking about a peace that comes from God. And sometimes we ourselves are like this word processor because we don't understand what does that peace look like. If you are not at peace and you have this constant anxiety about everything or about something in your life, then you need to spend more time with God. And that's, that's really what we come to understand from this 10-day period. Christ says 
in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If you want to overcome the world, you spend more time with the one who has conquered the world. As we are, keep in mind, this is not a try harder homily, right? I told you it's not going to be about trying harder. But I am telling you to try something different. Try something different. The try harder homily, you know, we'll save that for another time. And, but the try something different is what we're, we're aiming at. Just as the disciples went back to their old life after the resurrection, and Christ called them again and said, hey, you're not doing that anymore. Basically saying to them that I called you for something else. And then after the 40 days which they were spending with Christ nonstop, where he was constantly teaching, and if you read carefully the Gospels, the end of Luke and the beginning of the Gospel of Acts, or the, the, the book of Acts, as well as the end of the Gospel of John and so on, you'll find that Christ is opening their mind through, through the Scripture. And basically he is teaching them, and he says to them, wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you. So for us, we've all received the Holy Spirit, but it's not like a fully charged battery. Right? This Holy Spirit that we receive has to be charged. It has to be uh, inflamed within us. It's like a fire that has to constantly be given something to make it grow. When we pray the Psalms, we are giving words and we are giving understanding to ourselves that the Holy Spirit uses later on in life. Um, you know, I always talk about as a child, we read the Compline Prayer, we read the, the twelfth hour at home. We always said the words, Out of the depths have I cried unto you, O Lord, Lord, hear our prayers. Um, and, and when I grew up and I was really in a difficult situation, those, those words meant something to me. They came to me in that time of tribulation and I could cry out to God and say, Out of the depths I have cried unto you, O Lord, Lord, hear my prayer. And if it wasn't for those days and those weeks and those years that, of praying that without understanding its meaning or without really understanding the significance, without doing that, it would not have had meaning for me later on in life. It was like a safety net for me in a time of difficulty and in a time of trial. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. This is what the Holy Spirit works within us. If we are living life unaffected by the gospel of Christ, if we easily lose our peace, it is because we have not received this peace which is from above and we have to try something different. Oftentimes, you hear Abuna and you, you get frustrated because a priest a monk, a bishop, whatever, will tell you to pray. We'll, we'll tell you to go to church. We'll tell you to read your Psalms. We'll tell you to read your Bible. And, and you feel like this is, uh, uh, this is a fruitless task. I've prayed. I've read my Bible. I've gone to church. And here I find myself in this situation. And, and that's okay. We're waiting. We have this uneasiness. And we just have to continue down this, this road of, of seeking the Lord seeking Him diligently, seeking Him with all of our hearts. And everyone who has done this, 
and has done this diligently and has done this continually and has done this uh, with, without kind of pausing or stopping, everyone who has done this has received from God a message or has received from God what they are seeking. Sometimes it takes 10 days, sometimes it takes 10 years. But the fact of the matter is, it doesn't matter how long it takes because we have no other place where we can go. Nothing in this world can give us what we are really, the heart of things, really looking for. We can only, our heart, as St. Augustine says, you created us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. There's nothing that will give us peace. There's nothing that will give us, not even if everything was perfect in our, our bank accounts, everything was perfect in our families, everything was perfect in our jobs, everything was perfect in our church, in our neighborhood, in our state, in our country. It will not give you the peace that you need which comes from above because everything, everything, all of that stuff is outside of us. But we have to find the peace which is inside of us. Nothing outside of us can give us peace, only that which is inside, which is Christ. This is a period of time for us to try something different, to listen to the words of Christ, to sit and to wait. And I really, hopefully before I, I pass from this world, I would like to see in our church a revival of these 10 days. We go... Ascension, people barely notice it. Pentecost, the only thing that I've really kind of sensed from people on Pentecost is this anxiety about Apostles' Fast, which none of you, few of you, take seriously. Um, and that's not the joy of that feast, and that's not the purpose of these ten, ten, 10 days, and it's not the purpose of the Ascension, that it should just be kind of, if I have time, I'll go to church, or if I... If I have the day off, or if the time is convenient for me, I'll go. It can't be like this. We need to be affected by the gospel. We need to understand that this period of time, this 10 days, is a good time for us to sit and to, and to wait on the Lord uh, to receive a renewal. Like I said, this is a battery that needs to be, like a battery that needs to be inflamed, the Holy Spirit. We seek this renewal. And this, this Feast of Pentecost is so important for us that in the third hour of the Egbeya, we are constantly, excuse me, constantly praying for God to renew His Holy Spirit within us. May God allow us during these, this period of time to pray, to sit at His feet, to enjoy uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit which He has given to us, and to grow deeper in our relationship for Him and for one another. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever in the age of all ages. Amen. Another, um, just a quick announcement.